I love movies. Does anyone in here love movies? I've got some movie fans. I'll give you my top three favorite movies. And these are the best three movies of all time. The first one is The Dark Knight Rises. Second is Home Alone. And third is Hook. If you don't like that, you can catch me outside afterwards. You have the right to be wrong. Those are the three best movies, in my opinion. I'm all about them. But here's, here's what's weird about me. Does anyone get really invested in movies like, you're watching it, and you feel like you know the characters, or even better, right? You feel like the characters can hear you, and you talk to the TV. Anyone else besides me? Okay, we got a couple of us in the room tonight. Good. Guys, I get so into movies. I'm that guy who also gets way too emotional in movies. Um, this week, I was watching Mona for the first time with my two little girls, Sienna. See, that's my first time watching it, so there you go. Moana, all right. Uh, what would I say, Mona? Yeah. Whatever, same thing. So, okay, me and my little girls are watching it, and I'm doing some other stuff. And uh, while they're sitting there watching all of it, and we're kind of just hanging out, and I come back in the room towards the end, right after she had just saved everyone. And I'm sitting there, and now I'm, like, really into it. And, like, I'm starting to get, like, a little emotional about it. Like, this is a little touching. And, like, I feel myself just as, like, a parent, like, just feeling what the parents in the movie are feeling. And, like, because I feel like I'm about to cry. And my daughter, Sienna, looks over at me. And she, like, looks at me like, Dad. Like, and this is an eight-month-year-old baby. They look at me like, really right now? And I was like, I'm not crying. You're crying. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, like, talking to an eight-month-year-old now, right? Guys, I get way too invested into movies, especially thrillers. Like, when there is a thriller, I am like, why are these people so dumb in all these movies? It's normally, like, a girl named Jennifer. I'm sorry if there's any Jennifers in the room tonight, but you're like, Jennifer, if you walk through that door, you are going to die. Like, don't do it, whatever you do. What does Jennifer do? Walk right through the door every single time. And no matter how much I yell at the TV, it never changes, right? And I, sometimes I just wonder, what do I have that these people don't have? And I just think that for some reason, people in movies just don't have any common sense at all. And it drives me absolutely crazy. I was recently just watching a movie, and I won't tell you guys the name of it, because if you haven't seen it yet, I'm going to ruin the beginning a little bit. So forgive me if you haven't seen it without saying the name of the movie. Um, it's a thriller. And in the opening scene, I am just instantly, completely drawn in. Like, I'm hooked. I'm already talking to the TV the first couple of minutes. And the whole point of it is that you can't talk in the movie. If you talk, then the bad guys, then the bad guys. I didn't say it. You said it. I'm not crying. You're crying. Okay? So, <laughs> the bad guys hear you if you are talking, right? And this little kid, and I just instantly see this kid, and I'm like, oh, man, this kid's going to mess this up. Like, there's just no way that he's not going to mess this up. And he finds, they're in a store looking around, and he finds this plane, and he's all about it. He loves it. And as they're walking out, the dad sees that he has this plane. And they're, they're like, signing. They're doing their whole thing because they can't talk. And the dad tells him that he can't take the plane. And then his sister comes by, and she's compassionate. She's loving. She feels bad that her little brother can't grow up in a world where he can play with toys that make noise. And so she gives him the plane after the dad had already taken it away from him. And when the little girl's not looking, the boy grabbed the batteries 
for the toy. And I'm like, this kid is going to die. I instantly become really spiritual about it. I'm like, this girl needs to submit to the authority of her father. If something happens, there is going to be so much regret in her life. Don't you see what God is doing in this moment right now for you? Like, I'm preaching. Like, I, I change, right? I'm like, you are going to have to live with this. This is horrible, right? And you know what happens, guys? I won't tell you what happens next, but it rhymes with red, and that's what happens to that little boy, man. And I was like, I knew it. I knew he was going to die, right? Why do people in movies have no common sense? It drives me absolutely crazy, right? I always ask myself, what do I have that they don't have? And I really do think that it's common sense. And tonight, I'm going to need you guys to track with me tonight. Um, I'm going to take us a little bit deeper than normal. We're going to look at a couple of different points, and we're going to draw them out of the scripture that we're going to get into tonight. And, and normally, I try to make things super clear, but I need you guys to get the full picture. You're really going to have to work with me tonight. I'm going to need you on the edge of your seats really in this tonight. But if you get this, this will be so very powerful. And I have faith in you guys. I know that everyone in the room can do this tonight. Um, I saw a really funny Christian meme this week, and someone also sent it to me, so I wanted to share it with you guys tonight. Here it is, and it actually sets up my message really well. It says this, God, please send me a good man. God sends one. Ew, not this one. He's 5'9". Why is that every Christian girl in the whole world? Except I would like to add to the list, like, God, please let him be 5'9", look like Zac Efron, be jacked, be really rich, right? Even though God has someone really good in front of them, sometimes they missed it. And sometimes, guys, that's true of all of us. It's really easy to focus on what we don't have instead of what we do have. And I think a lot of us live our lives that way. We are so focused on all the things that we don't have, that we wish that we had. And it causes a lot of issues in our life. I was praying about this message last night and just kind of walking in my bedroom just saying, God, could you really speak to the kids tonight? Because I think this is such a big issue for so many people. And I went on social media right after that, and I saw someone talk about all the things that they didn't have. And I knew that was God telling me that I needed to talk about this, but my heart also broke for this person because I love this person. And I don't think anything that they were saying was true about themselves, but they were just listing all these things that they don't have. And I immediately went and encouraged that person because I knew that that was a lie right from the enemy. And so many of you guys are living your life that way today. All you can focus on is all the things that you don't have, things that you wish were different. And we're going to see that that is a really big issue, and it's going to stop you and hinder you a lot in your walk with Jesus. Let me give you guys some examples of what I'm talking about. Some of you guys feel like you can't be a good Christian tonight because you didn't have the right upbringing, because you had a really tough childhood. You just feel like, I can't be a good Christian. I didn't grow up in the Christian home that you did, Joey. I didn't go to Christian school. Things in my life are just really hard. I just feel like I won't be able to be a good Christian because I didn't have what you had. Some of you guys just feel like you can't be happy because you don't have what that other person has. And you feel like if you had what that person had, then you would truly be happy. And I don't know what your issue is tonight. I don't know what your thing is. But here's what I, I can promise you, is that we all have something. We, we're really good at pretending like we don't, but we all wish that something was different tonight. And we stop, and we let it stop us from really becoming the people 
that God wants us to become. And I just don't want you guys to live your life that way. God has so much more for you guys. And it really causes two major problems when we live our life this way. The first one is this, is that when we focus on what we don't have, we miss all the good that we do have. So many of you guys are so blessed and so talented. Someone else is wishing they had the blessings and the gifts that you have. They wait up all night and they pray to God, God, please, I wish that I had that gift. And there you are taking that gift or that blessing for granted. Because this is why, guys, the grass always looks greener on the other side. And we always think that something else will make us more happy. And for some of you guys, it's a physical thing. You wish that something was physically different about you. Some of you guys, it's an emotional thing. It's, 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 it's a materialistic thing. Whatever that thing is, is stopping you from enjoying what God has already placed in your life. And you really won't be truly happy until you deal with this. And that's hard for some of you guys because society likes to tell us what's important and what's not important. What's good, what's a good blessing and what's a not a good blessing, right? Because that's not true. Some of you guys are so unique and God has such a special purpose for you. Stop believing this lie. God knows what he's doing. When he gave you and he made you that certain way, he knew what he was doing. You're not a mistake. The Bible says that we are um, wonderfully made. And some of you just need to know that tonight, that you are wonderfully made. And God has great potential for you. The second thing that happens when all we can think about is all the things that we don't have is that we become self-absorbed. And that sounds weird. Because when we think about people that are self-absorbed, we think about people that are really conceited, right? People who just think that they're the best at everything, they're a show-off. We don't think that we're self-absorbed when all we do is think about what we don't have. We just think, poor me. We think, I'm so sad. But really, that's just you in a form of pride because all you're doing is thinking about yourself. And guys, that is the complete opposite of this whole Christian life that we're trying to live. Jesus said the two greatest commandments that we could ever live on this earth is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and soul and love others like ourselves. He said that second one is just as, this is like right there with the second one. He mean they're neck and neck because if we really love God, then we'll naturally love other people and care about them. And so some of us are just so caught up in ourselves and what we don't have that we're missing so much that's going around in our lives. Because there are people who need you and need what God has placed inside of you just the way that you are tonight. But you don't think you have enough. You don't think you're good enough. Some of you feel like you can't share your faith because you don't have a perfect track record. Because you don't have a perfect testimony. And you let that hold you back from doing what God wants you to do. There are people that you pass in the hallway every single day that need the hope that you have. But you feel like, I don't have the answers. See, it always comes back to, I don't, I don't, I don't. It is the complete opposite of the Christian life. And so we need to stop always focusing, guys, on what we don't have. I'll tell you guys a story I'm not very proud of. Um, a couple of years ago, I had to go to the grocery store to pick something up, and I was just going through something, and um, I was very self-absorbed. I was just thinking about this issue and what I didn't have. 
and what I wanted and what I felt like needed to happen in my life. And I was just kind of consumed by it in a lot of ways. And I did what I had to do in the grocery store, and I came out, and as I was driving out, I saw this woman in nurse scrubs sitting on the sidewalk. And I, I, I can still picture it to this moment. She was just crying so hard. And as I drove by, I heard God, and not in a physical like, uh, voice, but just in my heart. I heard him speak to me, talk to that woman. But I was so absorbed in what was going on in my life that I just kept driving because I just could think about what I didn't have. And I didn't think that I really had time because I had too many big things going on in my life. Because whenever I tell that story, and I've shared that story before, it breaks my heart every time. Because who knows what that woman was going through. Maybe she had asked God, can you just send someone to encourage me right now? And God sent me, and I was just too self-absorbed, too focused on what I didn't have. I want you guys to learn from my mistake. I want you to be better than that. And that's something that I'm working towards every day. Whenever I'm tempted to walk away from a situation like that, I remember that. And I think that we do this a lot. And it's something that needs to change. And so tonight, we're going to be in Acts chapter 3. And we're going to start right here in verse 1. This is what it says. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At 3 in the afternoon, now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gates called beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple court. So let me explain to you guys what's going on right here. Um, Peter and John are going to the temple to pray at three o'clock. And some of you guys think that you go to church a lot, but these people used to go every day at three and pray. And so here they are together on their way. And there's a man sitting outside of the gates and he is crippled. He, he can't walk. We know that he's been like this since the day that he was born. So this man is completely broken. And his friends would take him and they would put him out in front of the temple gates because he couldn't work. This, this was his only way of having any income. So he had some good friends that would take him and let him sit there and beg. And he kept coming back because he knew something. And probably he experienced this, is that the Christians were generous on, the, on their way to go pray. And I think that's important that this man knew that. And we see that people take advantage of this a lot when we see someone um, asking for money, right? Sometimes people are just trying to take advantage of us, but this man wasn't. He was crippled and he was really hurting and he knew that the Christians would support him. And that's something that we should do as Christians. We should support people that are broken and hurting. And so that's why he went back there every single day. This is what it says in verse three. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. Guess, what's the first thing that you do when you see something uncomfortable? When you see someone like this, we try to look away. Sometimes I do that. We see something that's really uncomfortable. Someone who is hurting, and we just don't know what to do. So it's so much easier just to look away. Peter has the exact opposite reaction. He tells the man who asked them for something, hey, look at me. What if we had that attitude? 
when we were walking by someone that's hurting. There they are calling out for someone to look at them. What if we looked back at them and said, hey, here I am. I see that you're hurting. I see what you are going through, and I'm going to help you. Because that's really what he was saying. He wasn't just saying, just look at me. He was saying, hey, we are here now, and things are going to be different. And it must have been hard for this man. Because his whole life, he was probably used to people looking away from him. He knew what it was like to be considered an outcast, to be considered not cared for. People were always looking away from him. Let me ask you a question. Who have you been looking away from in your life? What situation do you know about today? Maybe someone in your family, maybe someone that you care about. Have you been looking away from? When you know that God has you to say something to that person. When you know that God is telling you to pray for them and intervene in the middle of what they're going through, even if it costs you something. We need to stop looking away, guys. And we need to start looking right back at these people and actually caring about what they're going through. Let's look at this next verse now, verse 5. So the man gave them his attention expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Guys, they gave him what money could never buy. This man wanted money, but they gave him something so much greater. If you would have asked this man before this moment, which would you rather have? A huge amount of wealth or the ability to walk again? I guarantee that the man would say, I want to walk again. Even, and you know what? I'm sorry, I said that wrong. He was never even able to walk, so he never even got to experience that. And I'm still sure that he would choose the ability to walk because one was priceless. And he's asking them just for a little bit of money. And they say, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. Because I wonder what would have happened if they were walking by and they were so caught up on what they didn't have. These disciples didn't have much money, guys. They barely had enough to eat on their own. It probably could have been really easy for them to look aside from this man. Say, no, we got to go to the temple. Everyone's waiting for us to pray. We can't stop. We don't have time for this. And plus, we don't have any money. How could we help him with one of our own issues? Guys, we are so focused on what we don't have. They didn't let it consume them. They could have easily passed by this man. But you know what? They were focused on what they did have. We need to start living our lives focused on what we do have, on what God has given us. And something so very powerful happens in these moments. And I want to live this kind of life. I, I don't know about you guys. Sometimes we think when like, these miracles happen, that there were these huge prayers that happened. 
Sometimes I think that way, right? Like I need to say the perfect prayer with a perfect theology and then something so big like this will happen. No. What do they say? They literally looked at the man and say, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. Walk in the name of Jesus. And we're about to see something so very powerful that happens next. And I know what you're thinking, that, Joey, there's not many people in my life that I see every day that are physically crippled. So I don't know if this is relevant to me. Yeah, maybe that's true. I don't know anyone that's crippled. But I know a lot of people that are emotionally crippled. I know a lot of people right now in my life that are spiritually crippled. And they need that same Jesus to help them walk again spiritually, to help them walk again emotionally. And it can only happen from them. And these people that I'm talking about, you pass every day at school. You live with them every single day in your house. Because we need to be focused on what we do have. I wonder how much we miss out on every single day. I wonder how much I miss out on every single day because of what I'm totally self-absorbed with. We, we pass opportunities all the time. All the time. And I just want things to be different. I don't want to be that person who just talks about Jesus on the stage. And I don't know about you. I, I don't, I'm sure some of you feel the same way too. You just don't want to be people who come on a Friday night, sing some songs, and it doesn't change who you are outside. I want it to be different. I want to see God do crazy things because there's just too many people that are hurting in this world right now. I'll tell you guys another story. A couple months ago, I'm sitting in Starbucks and I'm getting some work done on my message and this guy sits right next to me in the, in the chair and I'm working on my message and I see him in the corner. I could see that he's going through something and he comes over to me and asks me if he can borrow my phone and I'm like, no, Lord, this guy's gonna steal my phone. Like, do you, I really have to do this right now? And I thought about the time where I didn't stop and talk to the girl that was crying on the side of the road. And I said, all right, all right, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna resist this, even though everything inside of me wants to. And I gave the guy my phone. I said, hey, man, um, I'd appreciate it if you don't steal it. I'm like, I'm a pastor working on my message right now. And if you really need to borrow it, you can borrow it. And he went outside and homie was gone for 30 minutes. And I for sure, and I was just like trying not to look out the window, trying to let him do his thing. And he was just out there on the phone, making a phone call. And he came back in and he's like, here, man, here's your phone. It's about to die. And he walked back outside and I folded up my laptop and I looked at my phone and he had called someone 20 times. And I was like, day, that, that's a bad day when you have to keep calling someone back 20 times. So I walked outside and I said, hey, man, what's your name? And he, he told me his name. And I was like, um, can I pray for you? And he's like, no, but you can give me some money. <laughs> and that's always the thing. No one ever wants prayer. They always want money. And I said, well, how about this? How about I pray for you and give you some money? And he said, okay. And so I gave him some money that I had in my wallet. And I said, and I said hey, man, I'll be praying for you. And I, and I care about you. And Jesus loves you. And then that was it. And I don't know if his situation got any better, he asked me for a car ride and I was like, all right, Lord, I'll do it. I promise I'll do it if this is what you want me to do. But then he told me he didn't know where he wanted to go and I was like, 
this guy just might kill me and take my car. So I'm going to love him a little bit from a distance right here and use a little bit of wisdom. And then that's okay to use a little bit of wisdom sometimes, guys. Don't feel like God doesn't know that, like, sometimes you could put yourself in a dangerous situation. And so I just said, all right, man, I'll be praying for you. And I'm praying that God will do something in your life. And that was it. It would have been so easy for me not to give my phone. Every part of me didn't want to give this guy my phone because I thought he was going to steal it. But who knows what seeds were planted in his life because of that. Just choosing to give what I did have. And that was my time. And if he would have taken my phone, I would have gotten another one. Like life would have went on. I needed to be Jesus to this man in that moment. Even if it did end up costing me something. Guys, we need to see more things like this happen. Because I've heard stories like mine where maybe the guy didn't have this radical transformation, but I've heard stories where people do accept the prayer right then in that moment, and their lives are completely changed forever. They come to church the next week. They receive Jesus. That's what this life is all about, guys. It's about loving God and pointing other people to him. Freely, we have received, and now freely, we need to give. We don't just hold on to all these things that God has done. We need to let it hit other people. Let's look at this next verse. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. This man's life was forever changed because they were more focused on what they did have. Let me ask you guys this question. I don't know what all of your blessings are. I don't, I don't know what your gifts are. But I want you to think about that tonight. I want you to think about what are some of the things that you do have. Forget about some of the things that you don't have in this moment. But think about some of the things that God has given you. I want you to use those things. God wants you to use those things. And I don't know what your gifts are necessarily, but you know what I do know? That the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you and me if we're believers in Christ tonight. That same spirit that performed the miracle that day for that man that, through Peter lives in you and I if we're in Christ tonight. And so we can see things happen too. The people that you love and the people that you care about, things can change in their life because of that promise that's in scripture. And there are a lot of other amazing promises in God's word. If you would open it every once in a while, maybe you would have a little bit more to stand on tonight. Maybe you would have a little bit of new self-image. God loves you guys. The Bible is his love letter. That's really what that is. It's his guide and his love letter for us in this life. There are so many good things in it that can encourage you and help you. Matthew Henry said this about the verse that we just read. When God, by his word, commands us to rise and walk in the way of his commandments, if we mix faith with that word and lay our souls under the power of it, he will give his spirit to take us by the hand and lift us up. If we set ourselves to do what we can, God has promised his grace to enable us to do what we cannot. There are so many things that we feel like we can't do because we don't have this or we don't have that. Not true. You do what God has called you to do, and he'll meet you on the other end of impossible. Leave impossible up to him. You do 
what you can. Stop being so focused only on yourself. Let's read this last verse that we're going to look at tonight. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Guys, you know how I think revival begins? Is when radical grace is shown to someone who doesn't deserve it. And then that spreads like wildfire. This man didn't deserve anything from them that day. But they took a moment and they prayed. And God did something amazing. This man didn't earn the ability to walk back. It was God just pouring out radical grace on him in this moment. And we can be instruments of radical grace. We can see people changed. All these people were greatly affected by this because no one could deny it. They knew what that man used to be like. They saw him all the time. There are people that God wants to change that the world knows all about. They know how messed up and how broken they are and how flawed they are. But if we are willing to show radical grace, God could do something amazing and turn that person's life into a testimony. And a lot of lives will be changed because of it. Some of you are sitting here tonight going, all right, Joy, this sounds great, but I still just don't have so much in my life. Maybe you need a miracle tonight. Maybe you're just hurting tonight. Maybe you're just a mess inside. You're just so much brokenness. The same God that did this for the man could do it for you tonight if you just call out. No fancy prayers needed. Say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, do something in my life with this mess. The same very thing can happen for you tonight. And for some of us, this is going to take a prayer to get over the way that we've been living because we're so used to focusing on all of our flaws and all of our imperfections and all the way, ways that we are a mess. It's going to take some retraining of your mind. And the only way that you can do that is through Scripture and standing on God's Word. But you can focus on what you do have. And here's what I promise you. You will be so much happier in life when you live the way that God tells us is real living. And that's by loving him first and foremost and loving the people that he's created instead of just living for yourself. That's where real fulfillment is found. That's where real joy is, guys. It's by Jesus' side as we do that. And so let me ask you this one more time. How have you been self-absorbed lately? What's that thing that you've been focusing on too much? Lay it at Jesus' feet tonight. We're gonna sing another song in just a couple of minutes. Lay that thing that has your focus at his feet tonight and say, God, this hurts. Wish it was different. Can you give me what I need to get past this tonight? I know by your strength that there can be victory in this issue. Can you do it in my life? Second one is this, and I think that this one really is gonna take some thought for you guys. Who have you been passing by lately that has basically been begging you for help? Who is it? How can you pour yourself out for them? How can you help them see Jesus? Stop. Stop just walking by them. Look right back at them. And for some of us, maybe there isn't someone right now, but there will be an opportunity for you to do something. Don't run from it. Let God use you in those moments. Here's tonight's bottom line. What do I want you guys to remember? Don't let what 
you don't have stop you from living the life you do have? Stop. God has given you an amazing life and amazing opportunities. And it doesn't matter what's happened yesterday. What, hap- what matters now is right now in this moment and how you're going to live from this point on. Let's stop missing out on all these moments that Peter experienced so often in the book of Acts. Let's start seeing them. And I truly believe tonight it starts with us not focusing on what we don't have, but focusing on what we do have. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much for your great love that covers us tonight, that gives us hope, Lord. And I I get this. I'm not trying to minimize anyone's pain tonight, God. I know that there are people who are really hurting because some of the things that they don't have. But I pray, God, that you would show them that there is joy in what they do have, that you didn't make them by mistake, And I pray, God, that you would draw things out of them tonight that they don't even know are there. Maybe there's a hidden gift. Maybe there's a hidden blessing that hasn't come to the surface yet, that you're still working and you're still developing, God. And I pray that you would tonight. And I pray that you would encourage that person and know that they're not a waste, that everything that you make is beautiful, Lord. I pray, Jesus, that we would stop passing over people who need us that we would be your hands and your feet, that we wouldn't just be Christians who talk about you, say all the right words, raise our hands at the right moments, but we would be people who walk out into the world, into our schools, into our families, and not just talk about it, God, but be about it. I pray, God, that you would give us people this week that we can help, that we can talk to, You have given us so much, Jesus. How could we not give it back to others? I pray that there would be a passion in our hearts that would rise up to stop being self-absorbed and love the people that you have placed in our lives and the people that you will eventually place in our life, even if it's for a moment. Thank you, God, that this doesn't take perfect people that this doesn't take people who have all the right answers. It just has someone, takes someone who's willing to stop and point them to you. We love you, Jesus. Pray tonight that we would lay down the things that we don't have. Stop missing out on the life that you have called us to and live in new joy, new purpose tonight. We love you. Pray all these things in your name. Amen.